Hey everybody, welcome to show 23 of Tune Talks podcast. This time I sat down with three of Sony's supervisors, Alan Hawkins, supervisor on Hotel Transylvania 2, Pete Nash, supervisor on Angry Birds, and Josh Beveridge, supervisor on Storks, to talk about supervising and animation. Both Josh and Alan's careers were at Sony, Pete Nash started out at Pixar, all three guys first worked together on Surf's Up, and they've been working at Sony ever since. It was a great opportunity to talk with the guys. There are three different phases in their career, which I felt gave a well-rounded idea of what the position entails, and there's some really solid nuggets of advice in there too. Before we get started, Pete asked me to clarify that he mentioned Chuck Jones having said there were 100 bad drawings in each of us, but he meant to say 100,000 bad drawings in us. So go ahead and enjoy my conversation about animation with the wonderful Alan Hawkins, Pete Nash, and Josh Beveridge. I was going to start out with um, some of the listeners' questions, um, and maybe you can ask them. The guys will probably be along afterwards. You could come back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Matthew Loitering asks, what does it take to get into the position of supervisor? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I don't know, I guess just a lot of being at the right place at the right time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that goes for all aspects of, like, I think getting into, I mean, all the way from like me getting into the right to the college that I wanted to get into, all the way yeah. up to now. But uh, you know, for in Sony's case, you know, there's the we do a lot of show-based hiring, so they get very small between shows. Yeah. So the selection process, you know, they have a much narrower pool to choose from. So yeah. the odds are in your favor for that. <laughs> but um, in my case, it probably had something to do with just having how long I had lasted at the company. It was, it was about ten years. Uh, before I started doing yeah. this job, and uh, I'd worked with Gandhi on the first movie, and I, I uh, will probably actually back to my other thing, being at the right place at the right time. Part of how it happened for this one is that I ended up supervising the Popeye short, uh, and that's because Pete, who was originally going to do it, went on a vacation. Pete Nash. Yeah, Pete Nash, yeah. and so. Um, I was, I guess, sort of the next person in line, so I wouldn't have done that, and that maybe that maybe would have changed whether or not I did hotel, and so there are a lot of different like ways that different paths could have been taken, and so um, yeah, so for for this movie, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I happened to be available for the Popeye at the right time, and then and then I you know got to know Gendy even better than I had from just animating on the first hotel, and yeah. I think it seems like luck takes a part in it, but I think hard work creates luck. So it's a you have to be you have to be ready. Yeah, I mean, luck is when I've heard a phrase like luck is when timing and preparation come together or something yeah. like that. But honestly, there is just real luck sometimes. <laughs> like, so um, yeah. Cool. And he asks as well, how much actual animation do you do on your um, supervisory position? Oh, not very much. Um, as a lead, I always animated a lot. And, but one of the major differences is that I have a, a baby since I was a lead. So I used to be able to work late nights, and I only had to, you know, apologize to one person, which is <laughs> my wife. But you know, now um, I I go home and I make sure to see my kid every night and put yeah. him to bed and stuff. And um, I was lucky enough to get a setup at home, so I was able to do some work after he'd go to bed. So mm-hmm. I'd work from like eight to ten o'clock at night or something. Uh, and I, I only did three shots on this movie at the time of this recording, and we're almost done. <laughs> um, so it's the least I've ever done, but uh, by the time I get home, I'm, it, it takes a lot out of you, so yeah. I, I haven't had a lot of energy. But, so. but if I didn't have someone, uh, you know, a little one to go home to, I probably would have done a lot more, because a couple hours a night, once most of the crew has kind of settled down and everyone's got their, yeah. you know, their heads down working, can go a long way. That's but cool. I used to go in very early. To work actually and do my shots before 9 a.m. Like what time? Um, nah, I get up pretty early at like 5:30, so I could yeah. be at the office by six yeah. some days. Uh, there were a couple times on Arthur Christmas where I was at my desk by five when we were trying to figure out some things that were really time sensitive. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I'm just more of a morning person, I think. Yeah, me too. It's good. Um, what are the main differences between a soup and a lead position? Um, that's that's a good question, but here come, here come Josh and Pete. We started Josh, without you. Um, you were mentioning about uh, the differences between a lead and a super. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I've only been, I was a lead a couple times, and then this is my first time being a soup, but um, it's pretty different. As a lead, you get to focus more 
or at least I felt like I get to focus more on the shots and um, helping out more directly with the animators. Mm -hmm. And as a soup, you have to work with everybody, so it's a much thinner coat across the board. Yeah. So um, I don't quite get to get as in-depth with techniques or tricks or tools and things like that. Um, and as a lead, when you're dealing with a smaller group, I felt like you could be a little more intimate that way. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, I guess now we can go around and introduce yourselves. Um, if everybody wants to say their name, uh, how long they've been in the industry, and what c project they're currently supering on. You, wanna... you start, Josh. All right. My name's Josh Beveridge. I've been at Sony for, I think I just crossed the 10-year mark. Nice. And this is my only job I ever had. <laughs> um, We're not I, counting I, you. That, well, internship, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I had an internship One for a summer. summer. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? At, uh, Electronic Arts, but okay. that, yeah. Um, and I'm currently supervising on Storks, and this is my first time supervising as well. Awesome. Pete? Um, I'm Pete Nash. Uh, I've been at Sony for 10 years as well. Uh, before that, I was uh, at Pixar for six and a half years. A brief stint at Blue Sky. And uh, before that, I was here in Vancouver, kind of working around at different uh, studios doing uh, hand-drawn animation. Nice. But it was all kind of very low end yeah. back then. Oh, and I, f I, f I missed one part. I, w I went into uh, computer animation doing the first ever computer animated series, Reboot, <laughs> and uh, Beast Wars, <laughs> which was terrible. <laughs> I watched those. <laughs> <laughs> I liked them. I like Beast Wars. Yeah. Beast Machines. I like that one came after. I had those toys. Yeah. I like Beast Wars. Yeah. It was, you know, I think that uh, they were definitely ahead of their time. Mm. They were the first. Yeah. So it was hard to do that back then. <laughs> and what are you currently souping on? Uh, Angry Birds the movie. And I'm Alan Hawkins. I have also been at Sony for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am souping on Hotel Transylvania 2. Cool. So it's really awesome that we've got like a new soup and old, very experienced soup, and then one that's sort of got a good chunk of experience behind it. So it's really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't mean to call you old, personally. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he is though. Yeah. Yeah. More experienced. <laughs> Salty Pete. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking to Abner outside Abner Engel, and he was um, wondering if you guys could say what kinds of things you were exposed to as a supervisor that you weren't exposed to as an animator. But by the way, you can go one each, or you can just all talk. It's fun. I guess that's kind of thing is, is pretty fresh in my mind right now because I'm just starting to learn what that what's behind that door that's just opened. I haven't really gotten into production this way, but we're setting up the show. So you're, I think you're ex just by nature you're exposed to the show earlier on. Yeah. So you see more of the setup. You're involved in more characters that um, you wouldn't uh, normally interact with as an animator because the animator is. It's all about the art, and like as Alan was saying, it's as a lead. It's all about the sequence, and you're still there's still like a um, you get to section off, and you focus more on your department. Mm -hmm. But as a soup, it's branched out into delegating and working closer with other departments in a, in a much larger way. And all of your decisions have a bigger implication. So yeah. if you make a bad choice, it's a bad choice for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> a bad choice for a long time. Yeah, that one rolls off pretty quick. So the the, the pressure amps up really quick. Yeah. Yeah, just the way you interact with people is different. Um, it's kind of in quicker snippets that are kind of big picture type things. Yeah. Um, more interaction with the other departments, less with less of a personal relationship with the artists and the animators because there's, I mean, in the case of my show, there's there are quite a few. Um, you guys are like an army. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have over a hundred, uh, and uh, but. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference between just as an animator and being a supervisor, and then you know there's being a lead that's somewhere in between. Yeah. But uh, as just an animator, you get to really hunker down and just focus on your craft, and you kind of choose how much you interact with other people. If you get help or give help and things like that, like you, you can be a little more selfish. And Spend the entire day making something pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's the really beginning and end of the day. Yeah. 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 yeah, as a supervisor, you're juggling a lot of stuff. In the air, you're spread very thin. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, when the movie's done, and you're watching it, and you see all the shots, you you realize that you kind of touched them all, yeah. Yeah. and that feels pretty good. Cool. Yeah. 
In a weird way, you get, you get a lot more credit. Like, I already feel like I'm getting credit for other things I'm not really directly doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get more, you're giving more, but the stakes are high, higher as well. The pressure's so much higher. Like, again, if you say something dumb, a lot more people heard you say that dumb thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a soup, I feel like you really have to get into the director's mindset, their visions for the show, and their personal tastes and so on. So I'm wondering what your advice would be for a first-time soup to get into that mindset of the director. Maybe this would be good advice for you. I, th I think that's one of the big shocks of just getting into the industry as, as a whole. Just that's, That is more the job than I think... Uh, as a student, I ever thought animation was that is your job, even as an animator, is to get in the head of the director, yeah. to get in the head of the, uh, the boss. It's it's interpreting notes. And they don't like. There's no better, uh, more useful skill other than being a high performing animator than knowing what someone means when they're talking to you. The Just fun thing is, the lines. in every movie I've done as a supervisor, I've always felt like an absolute failure in the beginning, <laughs> and that's because you're doing all the performance tests and the director never likes anything. <laughs> but they're not supposed to. They want to, you to explore stuff. So you shouldn't really sweat it when that happens. Mm. And just let understand that, that, that eventually you will get in sync with them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, even though I know that from having done it uh, a few times, I still feel like an absolute failure at the beginning of every production. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's just, there's, um, one thing I learned a while ago is just that there there are no universal right answers for animation. There's just what's right for this show. Mm -hmm. So the right answer for Surf's Up is very different from the right answer for Hotel or Cloudy and that kind of thing. So um, you can't really hold on to certain bags of tricks for one yeah. thing and expect them to work on other stuff. You have to kind of throw out a lot of things and really embrace the, the different take on stuff and uh, make room for all of that new information, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because it's you're working with other people and they're in a similar similar role. You're navigating political waters and you're navigating dealing with big personalities and and that's going to change every time. Yeah, true. What is the biggest thing you've learned from your current director? Well, I'd say that Clay has like such an exquisite eye for polish and rhythm and. Uh, flow and just like pretty animation <laughs> that I've learned a lot from that like a great deal like he sees stuff that I, you know I, I, that you just you can't believe he's, he saw that and then when you when you uh, you know address the note you're like wow that really made a big difference yeah. I'd say for Gendy it's all about the shapes uh, you know before uh, working on the first hotel we kind of worked in a very CG kind of way, you embraced the, the medium a lot more, uh, yeah. especially more like Surf's Up. Uh, I think they were trying to, I wasn't quite as aware on the first movie on, on open season of, of a lot of things, I was just trying to keep my head above water, so I don't really remember what the style was trying to be, even though I'm sure everyone had a very specific <laughs> idea of that above me, I, I, it just bounced right off me back then. But uh, with Candy, it's all about the drawing and the shapes and to think about it in that way and not let not be okay with just what the computer will give you and how much you have to really force yeah. and uh, jam it into being the appealing design and to let it be the lines that do the acting and not the uh, little textured motions and things like that. Yeah. Cool. With Doug and uh, Nick, it's early enough that I'm still trying to figure out what they're <laughs> trying to teach me, so I don't know what lessons I'm about to learn. <laughs> you know, he probably, he's probably somewhere in between. Yeah, because Doug is a master of polish, and uh, but he's also like loves to push drawings as well. Yeah, he he seems very so far. He seems very collaborative, and he wants the, the, the like morale to be high. He comes out. I mean, he's an animator director, just like Gendy is, but he's a CG animator director. So he's more used to our workflow and our language. So I think he's more used to what we're used to, and he knows where our problems will be. So he's interested in making a show that. Is, is a high performer and where people are motivated. Um, what has your role as supervisor taught you about animation? Well, you know, um, let me go back to like when I first taught. I had my first job teaching. Um, was actually, it forces you to explain stuff that you just kind of inherently understand from having do it from doing it over and over yourself. Yeah. But the process of actually 
trying to trying to explain that to another person and make them understand it uh, makes you understand it a great deal more. Yeah. And it's kind of the same for supervising, I would say. Cool. I think I'm learning to be more efficient. Like mm-hmm. that you have less time to sit down and do this task mm-hmm. you're going to do. Just, there's not less uh, experimentation and trying and, and thinking about it. You've been thinking about it for a while, and you have less time to do it, and you just do it. Yeah. Like, like, like there's less t- wasted time or less milling. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like when I was an animator, like, I used to call it the bubble. Like, it would take you a while for you to focus in. Like, <laughs> like and then after, maybe after about half an hour, you'd be like, <laughs> and then suddenly you're like, I understand everything. And you just get, you get incredible, yeah, in the zone, exactly. Yeah. Where you're just incredibly efficient. And then if someone interrupts you, your bubble goes, <laughs> and then you have to wait that half an hour to get back in there. Yeah. But now what I've learned to do is get into it instantly because yeah. I've got like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. So yeah, I've just managed by sheer necessity to, yeah. <laughs> you don't have, the luxury to have instant access to the bubble. <laughs> um... What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? What is supervising what is, taught you about animation? Uh, um, well, having seen it from this side of things, you really appreciate the simpler times <laughs> when you were just an animator. And, yeah. and this, you're in the stage, stage of the show where it's just hard. You're in the thick of it now. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. But even you know, even when it wasn't that hard, I still wasn't animating that much or able to do much on the box. Mm-hmm. And um, I get a lot of personal satisfaction from know, doing shots and being an animator, yeah. and so uh, I've realized that, like, because um, a lot of the questions seem to be based around being a supervisor, but I think it's important, uh, at least for me personally, to not think of myself as a supervisor mm-hmm. by trade. I'm an animator. I'm doing that job on this show, but next time I might be just an animator, next time I might be a lead, and I'll love that just as much, and yeah. in fact, I'll probably appreciate it even more. Just, you know, I'll be helpful everywhere I can, but I get to, you know, do... Uh, just do my do my own stuff and hopefully practice what you preach and mm-hmm. stay fresh because I think you can become uh, stale if you sit in that position for too long sure. and if you're off the box and kind of becomes an echo chamber of your own notes and ideas and things and you got to kind of take a step back and have other people's input all the time so yeah animating isn't like riding a bicycle at all it's not the kind of thing you just put down walk away from and come back and have it just as sharp. Like it's, I think we're such a young medium. It's only been a couple around for a couple of decades that tastes have changed rapidly. We're oh, moving, yeah. moving rapidly. What was good five years ago is not good at all. Is amateurish now. Yeah. That's I mean, why I try to animate as much as I can on every show, even though it's really hard to do that because you don't want to, you don't want your tool to become dull. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So you're animating on, on your birds a little bit. As much as I can, yeah. And you, and you always have. You've been an example that way. Like you'll choose example shots and still hit those walls supervising and leaning. Right, but then I, I never pick any ones that are too complex because, you know, yeah, yeah. waste up acting. Yeah, there's, there's the, act, uh, the, the art of casting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's the joy of the simple shot, too, yeah. that we talk about a lot, Josh. Yeah. Like, people, uh, like, just a simple shot, like, you get to really make it perfect and look at every little piece mm-hmm. of it. So, like, even if it's just a little reaction or a little take, like, I... I would see that shot as just as important as mm-hmm. something else to be like, and I don't know if that's that's just in our personality to be like, there people are going to look at the shot and expect it to be the best, yeah. you know, <laughs> sneeze or whatever <laughs> the shot is. You best know, the, head the, turn. No, I totally, yeah. I totally agree yeah. with you. Like, there's all, obviously there's the you know the A plus shots, and but I I think that the connective tissue has got to be good too. You know, like oh yeah, because it holds it all together. Well, I think there's a, the, we, Alan and I talk about this all the time, and we've we've said the same thing that that. There's there's shots that you just expect to have to be good, like there's the what you call the, the A shots, where they're just huge, huge, uh, long frame ranges, and it's a performance. Mm-hmm. And those ones just have higher expectations. I think that's that feel, uh, people feel like are just always the better shots. But elevating a shot is what really makes a shot. When somebody takes just the when there were the opportunities that people didn't have expectations on, is actually more freedom, and that's an opportunity to be more creative and really. I totally Push agree, it. because a lot of times those connective tissue shots are just to get you from one place to the other, but why, why not try and do it in an interesting way? Mm-hmm. Instead of, mm-hmm. you, could, you could succeed in the task of the shot quite, quite easily, but mm-hmm. if you can do it in a way that makes someone excited, yeah. Yeah. then you should always try. There's like this natural arc of every animator when, when you're first studying animation, just 
making something move after the ball bounce and the flower sack animation. There's like just making things not move super weird. <laughs> like how do, you, how do you not be weird all the time? Like how do you make this walk look like any human yeah. <laughs> ever that could live and breathe? And then there's that and then there's that next stage of how do you make it look like it's thinking and having making choices and putting that that thought behind this mm. dead thing and making it alive. And then th- I, th- I think then elevated that is non-cliche acting choices, what feels actually relevant, where you're bringing the art to it. And I think a lot of people get stuck there because then, then you got to remember it's animation and you can do anything. Why do boring things that you can do? You can, you, there's a lot of times those connective tissue shots, those little ones are even better opportunities to do, thing, do impossible things. Mm-hmm. I always think about the Mirage shot in The Incredibles that Doug did, and before I even knew he did it, it just stood out to me as such a beautiful, juicy shot, and she's just pressing the space bar. There was just something so lovely about the way she pressed it. And then I remember, I think it was John Carr's did it in the Spine Doctors podcast, and I was like, oh my God, that's why it's so beautiful. <laughs> but it was just something so simple, but he put something really beautiful in it. Uh, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Sylvester tells the story about uh, on Roger Rabbit that someone did this animation of his uh, foot hitting the gas pedal, mm. and you can just tell right away that it was like, an entertaining animator. It was his first shot yeah. he'd ever done, foot hitting the gas pedal, and the, that was James Baxter's. Ah. Yeah, just did it in the, yeah. the right way. Yeah, and then it just shows you, if you can knock out any shot. Yeah. Right. They're all chances to be impressive. So in terms of story, um, creating story, what is the first story lesson you learned on the job as a supervisor? I know it's going to be hard for you, Pete. <laughs> one of the earlier These are more stories. old jokes. Way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Pete. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm old. <laughs> Can you battle the Alzheimer's <laughs> get through that fuck? That's awful. I'm going to straightforwardness. I apologize. <laughs> it wouldn't come off so badly in Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, let me have it. I deserve it. You guys are probably all around the same age. Oh. No, I, I am old. They we are young. Alan and I just look old. Hey. hey. I didn't know that. <laughs> I forgot the question. In terms of creating story, um, what was your first uh, story lesson you remember getting on the job as a supervisor? The first one, huh? Yeah. Or one of uh, the first. Well, I mean... It's not really our job to to uh, do make the stories, mm. but I will say that um, we're always searching for a good motivation for what every character does. For absolutely every move they make, it has has got to be motivated and clear. Mm. Whether it be an eye dart, this, this is actually one of my pet peeves: is unmotivated eye darts. The animators just put them in all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, but there has to be a reason for it. There has to be a reason for everything. Like, yeah. even just how you move, you know, move your hand. Like, like every gesture, every like adjustment. Mm-hmm. Like, the hardest thing actually doing is is like uh, keep alive stuff. Where, mm-hmm. like, how do you do an adjustment that feels motivated that just doesn't feel like a random yeah. move? And that's kind of like that kind of drives everything, and it's motivated by the story. You know, it's motivated by who that character is. The uh, what what they're hiding, what subtext they have, despite what they're saying, mm. um, and where they are in the arc of the story. Yeah. You, you start learning that lesson as a as a lead, though. Like you you start realizing the note you're giving the most often is it's moving too much. It's moving too much. You're overdoing it. <laughs> Sit still. <laughs> don't overdo it. Don't over. Like if, if if it's thinking, it's if it's moving, it's distracting from what the purpose was. Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of like Pete said, the story isn't like. We're just sort of tourists with that stuff. We, you, yeah. Our job is to service it and know the character. But um, I think you just, as a as a soup, you kind of look big picture at sequences and and the character motivation and where they are in their emotional journey of whatever's going on at the moment. But um, I don't know. Otherwise, I don't think it really s- seeps in as much. Mm-hmm. At least not on the the instances where I've I've done it. Well, yeah, specifically. Making story decisions is not your choice, but yeah. like, but it, but remem- always remembering the reason the story mm-hmm. is 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 your motivator. That's the reason, the thing you have to keep in mind. I think but, uh, just going back to like what I, one more one more thing to say about what I was saying before. Yeah. Uh, if you have a good motivation for a keep alive thing, for instance, mm-hmm. it's going to tell you exactly how fast that move should be. Yeah. 
uh, whether or not it should be snappy or should it, or what kind of slow in and slow out it should have. Like, because if you're just making that stuff, making those choices randomly, it will never look right. It'll yeah. never be believable. Um, so what are your most exciting things you find about supervising and what are the biggest challenges about supervising? I'm in, I'm in the honeymoon phase. It's all, it's all, it's all, this is great. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, you could probably speak to probably the most frustrating thing is when you kill yourself over... The most frustrating thing is just... Over finished, polished, beautiful. You, 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 you hand someone this Michelangelo statue and then they chop the torso out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, our show is going through a lot of rewrites and cuts and not changes and a lot of really good shots have been... Uh, taken out or had to be redone or modified uh, so that's you know that's hard but um, I don't know I mean uh, people still benefit from what they learned while doing those shots and in a way they still kind of have it it sucks not having it on the screen but um, the experience it doesn't go away yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're still progressing forward as an artist um, so, yeah, That's a really good way to put it. I don't think, I think most people think of that and remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if I would have gone right to that though. I mean, that's just also kind of part of the job. I'm a, I'm a little just sort of used to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of I I don't have the ability to look back on it yet since we're not done. So um, I feel like my picture is incomplete. Like maybe after the screening and we'll see how it's received and all that sort of stuff. I'll be able to know more, but, um, you know, it's just the frustrations are kind of the normal. It's everything, but then maybe amplified times as many animators as you have, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug yeah, was saying something yesterday where every show has the same arc where it's all excitement and, and, and newness and there's this shine on it and people can't wait to start and like there's this first challenges but we're <laughs> going to get over that and then, and then it hits this point in the movie it's always two thirds of the way through where it's like I don't know if any of us will ever do this again <laughs> I would let, I want to be a farmer <laughs> and then it's, and then the rap happens and it gets that rose tint and it's like yeah. Yeah, all right cheers that's funny because for me my favorite part of production is kind of where I'm at now when you reach cruising speed mm -hmm. yeah. like mm -hmm. uh the beginning is kind of painful because there's lots of exploration. Yeah. You know, you feel like a failure, as I mentioned before. Uh, but then when you get to cruising speed, that's when you've learned all the rules of the movie and all the animators are more or less up to speed and you start seeing progress happen. You start, you start seeing your, the movie take shape. And, yeah, you know, the you machine start is getting, working. You start getting excited. It's alive. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then you get to the crunch and then... Mm. You don't care about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan's dealing with the crunch and story changes. It's kind of, well, we kind of yeah. never really, we never had a crazy crunch. We had, we were getting pretty busy, and some people were working twelves, lots of people, um, but it wasn't like across the board and consistent. We did a couple Saturdays. It started to get kind of crazy, and then the story changes have kind of slowed us down a lot. But then we also have our deadline coming up, so there's like we're just sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> running in place as fast as we can with, you know, such a huge crew and not a lot to do right now. So that's it, that's sort of a weird thing. Like, this is not a normal crunch for us mm. at all. It, it's, so, it's very, every show is so different. Every, like, yeah. so many factors change from show to show. They all have this very distinct like, flavor in my memory. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah. Hmm. What do you feel is the most important things you've done to get yourselves where you are today? Be, Not necessarily as a supervisor, but as talented. Like, be lucky. <laughs> we talked about that a little yeah. bit. Like <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, so much of it is luck. The opportunities you're presented with. I'd never met Pete. I'd never been here. If I didn't go to the college I went to, I wouldn't have gotten the job I got. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's that being in the right place at the right time and getting the opportunity to learn the lesson you haven't had. I don't, I don't know how to see that other than luck. Yeah, for me, it was a lot to do with luck, too. Because um, I, I got hired at Pixar right back when they didn't really know who could do computer animation. Yeah. So they were experimenting a lot. They, were, they hired puppeteers they, every, from every, like, ver medium of yeah. animation. They, they would try some French from mimes. And <laughs> <laughs> they actually, I think they actually, no, they, they like, no, no mimes. But, or, or, or clowns. Mimes? No, no mimes. <laughs> 
But they did like they, gl- they got people from Fraggle Rock, like you know, like <laughs> okay, puppeteers. <laughs> uh, they got uh, obviously stop motion animators and hand drawn animators. But then they, but since I was doing like you know reboot and that mm-hmm. stuff, they they wanted to try out people that had were versed in computer animation as yeah. well. Uh, my reel was absolutely abysmal, but they still hired me. <laughs> And it was only because there, it was that experimental time, and that yeah. window was open was not open for very long, and then it went zhoop, closed right behind me. <laughs> I think I just got my toe out. Before I tried. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty lucky. Computer animation, you say? You're in. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, Josh and I had kind of the similar thing. I think <clears throat> we graduated at a time where the industry was just about to change in a huge way because it was just before the advent of online schools. Mm. Right. So it was all big schools that had relationships with studios and stuff. And um, we came to Sony at a time when they would keep people during or between projects. They used to have this thing <coughs> called wait mode where if you weren't on a movie, you would still come to work and be paid and they wouldn't fire you. <laughs> uh, now the yeah. whole industry is higher and fire. Yeah. So you know, we were able to build relationships over that time. We've never had gaps. We were lucky enough to go from show to show, but there were lots of people that did have gaps between it's projects and things. culture now, yeah. Yeah, but we, um, so, you know, we, we got in at Sony at the right time, and so I think we were poised to last as a result of that. If we'd come in a couple of years later, I don't think that would have quite happened. Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of opportunity and chance yeah. You know, we still work yeah. hard and all that, but... Uh, you have to be lucky enough to get the opportunity, but you still have to take the opportunity. Yeah. Know to, know to learn that lesson. I think we've got 10 minutes for Alan. I don't know if you guys can stay a little bit later. I don't know, but I know you've got 10 minutes. So I want to try to get in some of the bigger questions. Sure. Um, what to you guys is the secret of animation? I love this question. <laughs> the secret. Yeah, the <laughs> secret. The one. You got to go, Pete? No, no. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> The secret or like our own secret? That's the beauty of the question. <laughs> yeah. That's whatever it is to you. Hmm. I'm a fraud. <laughs> I cross-dressed once. <laughs> once? Or twice. Yeah. I've seen... No, I'm not gonna... Ah, loads of times. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it. I feel like it kind of fits sort of some weird nuances of my personality in a way that has sort of worked out. Like, I think I, I notice certain things uh, or, or I observed certain things when I was younger and that plus, you know, liking cartoons and computers and video games and stuff kind of made that seem like a really cool thing. And I don't know, like, it, for, for me, the thing that um, that makes it work that that I like is just that somehow it makes sense in my mind mm-hmm. and that's what makes it like I don't know like it, it just it's a bunch of information that I feel like I can process and put back together into something else mm-hmm. and that's that's like that's my secret I guess is it's not a secret it's just like the, the formula or how it how it worked out for me I guess in a way I don't think there is a, any one secret I don't think it's possible for there to be any one secret animation animations too many things it's yeah. an overarching all-inclusive yeah, just it's, it's too broad of a thing for there to be so narrow narrow thing as yeah. a, a secret. <laughs> yeah, that makes it seem like there's some kind of way that it could somehow be easy. Yeah, yeah. or something like that. And there's if, not. If you only knew. Yeah, <laughs> but there's not. There's a million little things yeah. that never that stop. Go together. Yeah. yeah, like the more it's that whole thing. The more you know, the more you know. You don't yeah. Know. Unless the cross dressing has some kind of special <laughs> that enables. Oh, it does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wearing a dress under the jeans right now. Do you have an answer? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with them. I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. It's just hard work. It's like, yeah. you know, learning and layering onto what you, your past successes and building a you know, bag of tricks and building on that and just mm-hmm. taking every experience and adding to it and growing as an artist and having the mix of technical you know, willingness to learn stuff like that and every shot is every shot I animate is the hardest shot I've ever animated yeah and it never gets easier the more you the, the easier it gets the easier one thing gets the more you expect to have to do in addition or the more you know the more you know you don't know anything yeah. like yeah. every you're like I, I used to 
doubt myself way less when I was younger. I would just go in there and just like try ideas and go for it. And now I feel like, I'm like is it this or could it be this way? Maybe yeah. this is the right thing, this little thing. And, you know, I'm just talking about like... Knowledge is a curse. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm filled with so much more doubt now <laughs> than I ever was. Like, I don't know. I kind of wish I could go back to my old way of just like jumping in and going for it. And I don't know. Was, <laughs> but, yeah. So what creates appeal in a pose for you guys? Um, that's such a hard one to quantify with words, but uh, a lot of it is, well, pleasing shapes, obviously, but um, a big thing is the eyes for me, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. I'm always going on and on and on about <laughs> eyes. Relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they have to look exactly right. And so much of it is the relationship of how much white there is above or below the iris and pupil, how, how close the upper lid is to them, whether or not it overlaps the iris a little bit, whether or not it rests just on top of the pupil, or whether or not it rests slightly below, mm -hmm. over, just overlaps the pupil, or if it cuts it in half, like, like all these things mat matter so much for, once again, the motivation. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Consistency of like when as a character moves around, the com you know, like Josh said, like the computer model is dead, mm -hmm. and to, to make it look alive, there's so much labor that goes into every single frame mm -hmm. of the eyes to keep that relationship of white to pupil to lid feeling right. Mm -hmm. And I, I usually find that you have to, you know, animate it frame by frame to make it look right. Uh, Does that kind of answer it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I feel, as far as like appeal and poses, I, I kind of feel like a tourist in that a little bit because I, I didn't draw, like drawing wasn't my, I, like I did, I would be like a stop motion person or, or doing like practical effects if I wasn't doing this, if CG ceased to exist because it has to be like, for, in my mind, the it's a physical thing and not like a drawing and so I have to really, I've had to really learn how to force myself to see it as, um, as a, a two-dimensional thing and, and learn the pose stuff. Um, so for my personal work, I always have to really find it. Like I can't thumbnail or do anything like that. I have to be doing it in the scene to, to figure it out. And it kind of happens as a second layer. Like first I find the function and then I find the, the form and try to get it to look good on top of that. Um, and then for, I guess, evaluating other people's work, it's just a matter of looking at it and seeing if it follows the rules of, and you know, Right now, Gendi, because that's what I'm working for. So I try to see, like, what's Gendi going to say? What has he said before about this kind of pose? What? And you kind of go back, and it's really, I think you're just being like a, a, a keeper of that style or that information, because what's uh, what's right for the pose on this movie might be different on another one. We yeah. have a very different flavor on Cloudy and on Hotel. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those overarching things where it would be nice if there was a simple little secret <laughs> to it, but it everything that occupies the screen is taking up space and is therefore a shape so it has in order to feel balanced which is what usually makes appeal it's got to be a counterpart in some equal or different measure yeah and so the, you can't have anything that's, that's yeah that's just a flat rule because yeah. every character is a different shape unless there's a lawsuit involved although <laughs> i will say that consistency goes a long way yeah like if a character has an expression for a certain attitude in one shot and then a different expression for that same attitude uh, in another like quite often I would prefer it if to stay consistent because uh, um, yeah just starts to feel like the language of that character I, I, felt, that, I felt less like that after working on a hotel there's a, yeah that's different see that's one of those instances where the rules change from show to show like right. if you show Gandhi what you showed him before he'd be like we've already done that it's boring we've yeah, seen that already uh, let's, that's yeah. interesting he was yeah. angry that way before but now let's do angry this yeah. way and this one and then you're like oh of course <laughs> and you're like yeah so it's, enter it's entertaining to see something different there's a different appeal you can find on that same face yeah especially with you know Drac and then working your way out yeah. to the to lesser characters but like Sometimes you're like, this is what you said before, right? And you give him something you think is going to work, mm -hmm. and then he gives you something totally different back to <laughs> hit. And you're yeah. like, I would never have done that, and it's only okay now because you said to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. No. So... That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Different. So what is the greatest piece of advice anybody ever gave you, and who is it from? 
These are all too deep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, do you feel like you get advice? People are always telling me what to do. <laughs> no, I, 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 think, I think I got one. Um, there was this uh, animator when I was going to art school who uh, had a film in the Sick and Twisted, Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival. And uh, I think he was visiting the school and, uh, and I went to ask him for advice and, his, and he was this totally like, grizzled old dude, even more so than me. Um, <laughs> you dated me right out there. And uh, he says, I asked him for advice and he's like, don't do it, there's no money in it. <laughs> that was his advice. Thanks. So I guess I still, I didn't take his advice, so yeah. it was good advice to not take. <laughs> I mean, I've heard cool phrases that I liked that stick with me, yeah. like on um, Cloudy 2, Kevin said, good shots are animated, not assigned. Yeah. Which, that, as a lead, is like, of yeah. course, you want it, yeah. Kevin Webb. Yeah. I don't know if I said his last name. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, you know, and because people often will say, like, hey, can I have a big shot? I want to, like, you know, prove that I can do it. And, like, yeah. people prove it on the little shots. Yeah. And you notice that. You're like, you know, new animators come in. As leads, you're dealing with, that's so many new people all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so the ones that stick out are the ones where they, you know, take something small and make something of it. That's who you notice, not yeah. like, because that's where everyone starts, you know, so. Because uh, there's always a lot of shots you have trouble casting. There's a lot, of, and I, th I think there's also that thing where people think the only good shots are the longest one where mm -hmm. people are making sad faces for a long time, <laughs> which is <laughs> just frustrating. That's like, you're, that means you're not seeing what the opportunities are elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's half one. Well, it's 28 minutes past. I can keep going. I can go until Brittany chats me. Okay, super. <laughs> well, I want to get in some questions about Surf Soap. Most memorable moment working on Surf Soap is my favorite. Most memorable moment? You can talk about nipple rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> nipple rubbing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I did. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Both these guys were on my team. I was, this, yeah. I was yeah. the uh, lead. Yeah. For, uh, on that show. That's and, when we uh, first started learning about eyes. <laughs> and Alan, Alan animated this shot where uh, Tank rubbed his nipples. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes! And that yes. might have been my ha highlight for all yeah. of us. That was, you know what, that is a very curious one. I'm like, did he do video reference for it? Did he just come up with that? Like, oh, he sure did. There are lots of videos of me rubbing my nipples, but they're not Unrelated, for that shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a it works thing. beautifully. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that one... Um, I don't know. I mean, I, for that film, I just remember, because I went from open season to that, I, th I think I I just remember finally starting to feel like I kind of knew how to approach a scene a little bit. I, I used to try to I used to try to work in Stepped, which is just because that's what I saw everyone else doing in, on um, mm. open season. And Pete showed me his way of uh, doing it more of kind of like a linear layered thing. Mm. And once I got my mind around that, it clicked so much better and I felt like I could really do something instead of stumbling through it, which mm. I felt like I did. Like everything was, I don't know, everything in Stepped was just a mess for me. And then there was that, eventually you have to hit a button to turn it linear and then things are worse than <laughs> it was yesterday. And with the with the layered technique, I liked it because it only ever got better. Yeah. And yeah. so- It's um, an additive process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that sticks out as like a big part of my, my memory from that one. It's just mm. generally feeling like I was, that was a breakthrough. Yeah. Surf's Up was like such a good movie for acting mm -hmm. because of the, you know, the concept of the interview and all that. Yeah. And there's so much subtext dripping in those interview scenes that it's just like you could really sink your teeth into the acting. Yeah. And it was a great learning experience in that way to like really dive into subtle, nuanced acting where it's like where you're showing how a, how a character can sort of betray themselves by, they're saying one thing, but they mean another. But you can see what they're really meaning by how they betray themselves yeah. with their expressions and their g gestures and stuff like that. That's like, you know, that's really it. That's like the best stuff to do. It serves up was loaded with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I did have kind of a weird trick. I mean, talking, ask about secrets yeah, and things she, like that. But secret. <laughs> well, on that one, I just did random stuff that didn't seem to be in sync with what the person was saying. Mm -hmm. as a starting point yeah. and that felt more like natural way of doing stuff mm -hmm. like in animation you want to sync movement to dialogue mm -hmm. rhythms and stuff and that's what makes things like the voice goes up so the body's got to go up and mm -hmm. things like that 
and you know I would look at what they're doing and kind of just immediately reject anything that fit with that and then do something kind of weird that maybe overlapped the dialogue and didn't quite fit right mm -hmm. in there and then that gave me sort of a starting point and it seemed like it was like conversational hand gestures don't show what you're, the person is saying mm -hmm. it's usually just a lot of kind of like weird waving and flapping and pointing and stuff and it mm -hmm. I don't know like it kind of uh, that that I felt like worked pretty well for me that's interesting I mean, you, you bring up a good point there uh, what unfortunately some animators do is they do what I call surfacey acting, where they're doing exactly what you described, where like the the the, the pitch goes up in the dialogue, so the character goes up. Like, yeah. That to me is not acting. Like you got to find out what they're actually thinking, yeah. and uh, what's motivating them, and then then figure out how to make them move. Yeah. yeah, unless you're doing something from another era where it's nostalgic and it's supposed to just be for fun, it's not supposed to be as thoughtful like like something. Not as thoughtful is the wrong way to say that, but it's where the surface is in this shape, where, that's where yeah, the design like, is the appeal, then yeah. that's okay to do. Then, that, yeah, then, yeah. then you throw that out, and the rules, the rules entirely change. Mm -hmm. Like like working with Gendy, again, got to see the value in that. And the, working on the Popeye short, it was again that sometimes the appeal is so much in the design that you don't want to be thinking about what the what the actor was doing, what this yeah. reference was. It's a, it's a it's on a whole other path. Yeah, yeah. Like I would, I would never do something like what I just described on Cloudy or or Hotel. Yeah. Like yeah. that was just for mm -hmm. a, you know a mockumentary style film where characters are breaking forth. Well, what I loved about Cloudy was that it was all about um, conceptual motion. So it was like, how can we make this motion as conceptual as possible? Mm. And not, it had nothing to do with physics or mechanics. Yeah. Although we did have the word Muppety. Yeah, Muppet, yeah. Muppet was grounded. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, that's conceptual. Right. You know, yeah. How would a Muppet do this? But not all the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Yeah. When it applied. Yeah. So Keith with Sinte was telling me that you guys, you animated the surfboards and then you matched the animation of the character on top of that. Was that a workflow that you guys would have to stick to because of the... The water or something like that? Did you guys really just... We didn't do any surf. We weren't on the surf team. <laughs> yeah, there was, that was a team. All, that was Chad Stewart's team. Yeah. Who, so Chad Stewart must have been the one that did that, um, where Cody's diving after the whale. I'm trying to find out who animated that. Where Cody's trying to swim after the whale? Yeah, and he gets flipped off by his tail and he's like, no! Oh! He Harden might have been doing was one that, of those. Was that Eric Lee's? I, I can't yeah, remember now. Yeah, he did something, something in it. And, yeah. I can't remember that one. I mean, I remember the shot, but I don't But that was idea. Chad's sequence, Andrea? 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 Maybe Andrea. Yeah. Every yeah. Andreas. Time I see it. Yeah. yeah. Every single time I've seen that movie, hundreds and hundreds That's of times. That's the shot that makes you cry. Yeah, I get choked up every single yeah. time. And I go into this, watching this movie, I'm like, I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to cry this time. <laughs> I'm actually getting a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just got, it's got some pretty powerful musical, if I remember yeah. right. Like the music is pretty. Strong. Take all the credit from the animation. <laughs> 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 but I think it's the whole story behind it, and you know, mm -hmm. you realize what Cody really, really wants so badly, mm -hmm. and you relate to that. And then he's like the whole thing in the music, and because there's, I don't want to say there's nothing about the shot itself necessarily, because you can barely see him. Mm -hmm. It's just. The it's whole, built up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're the really just are really high. Get there. The staging in the arc, yeah. So, but yeah. And I thought maybe you guys can talk about the camera and how that played into your workflow because Alan was talking about it a little bit before and it seems really, really interesting. It's got a lovely yeah. flavor to how the whole movie looks. It's really, really cool. I was telling you about the mocap camera. Yeah, oh, right. it's been used stuff, since yeah. on most, most movies, but really sparingly. It was, it was really featured in that Barely, one. Really, yeah. yeah. And I remember, like in that one, you'd give them a blocking and then they'd do the camera yeah. before you were done. Mm. And the cool thing is that, so they. I don't know how it worked with the sensors, but it was a physical camera like over your shoulder. And you look through the viewfinder and it was the Maya scene yeah. and it was all like, you know, so real time. Uh, so know, it was like early Oculus. VR yeah. Oculus type <laughs> stuff, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if they wanted to have a little like orbit around the character and change angles on it or something, they would physically do it in the real world while holding the camera. You can do that on your phone now though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. What I loved about it was with all that noisy camera stuff, like you didn't have to polish your animation. Sometimes it was forgiving. But then on the flip side, when something was weird, it was doubly hard to figure out why it was yeah. weird. Yeah, like, what is, is that the camera doing this crazy thing? Or are you, <laughs> did you invert everything for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was what? pretty cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. Really. 
What character did you find um, it easiest to get into, and I suppose most enjoyed? I really enjoyed animating Tank. <laughs> Mr. Uh, T. Earl is always Mr. T to me. Like that's, that, that character I love. He was, he was fun. Oh, were you talking about Sir Sapo? Not necessarily, no. Sir, the whole thing. But, yeah. Oh, I love animating Flint. Flint, I just get him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, he just w wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, overdoes everything. And, and, and it's just like, <laughs> he's just a, a joy to animate. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I, I I enjoy doing female characters like Mavis and uh, Sam. Choose a favorite. Favorite. <laughs> Mavis or Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Sam this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I probably had more freedom on Sam, just because those Gendy's more specific. I think than those directors uh, were. Like when it comes down to. The, the little details, so I, I guess I had more impact on Sam than I did on Mavis, especially coming on to Hotel One late. I didn't define that character at all or anything yeah. like that, but I think I, um, I think I had a, a good bit of Sam from the first Cloudy. Mm -hmm. I was on that one from the very beginning, but uh, yeah, I like those. I like kids, kids and, and uh, female characters. I was going to actually ask, um, which character do, do you feel you had the most input to as the final result of? of all the characters you animated? Hmm. Probably having the most input now. Yeah. That's just starting, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. As a, you know, as the, um, well, there's so many, you know, because when you're the uh, supervisor and you're there doing all the test, performance tests, you're kind of defining, doing a lot of the defining of those characters. Yeah. It'd probably be the same answer for you, Flynn, right? Maybe it would be Flint. Flint or Brent. I mean, you, you, I think we have to answer this about other, the other people. That might right. be like, that I'd say Josh and Mr. T. Yeah. Mm. Oh, definitely. Josh was a very instrumental Earl. part of, yeah. <laughs> of uh, the punchy, <laughs> short, punchy gestures of Mr. T yeah. making that work. Yeah. What do you guys reckon? Well, it, it, I think I don't know if it's Cody or Flint because like you did a, a lot of defining Cody in my mind, but that was probably because you were my lead, and I was seeing Cody through your eyes. How so? Well, like I was saying before, uh, Surf's Up was there was such an opportunity to dive into acting, and it, it was just rich with subtext. Yeah. So I di I learned a lot about how to do that with Cody. Mm. Oh, avocado. <laughs> the old man, man. suitable man. <laughs> for me. That, that, that is definitely I'm never Pete. Live this <laughs> no, but it's true though. The avocado character <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. yeah, avocado man. I think he's right. I think like, uh, that baby Funny. penguins. I did those. Oh my yeah. god, they were the cutest thing <laughs> ever. It's like a dirty trash can. <laughs> I keep laughing every time. It's so, did you so do that adorable. one? That might have been Matt. Oh. No, I did, I did. That was you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are adorable. Yeah, they were both basically unrigged. <laughs> but they didn't need much. Yeah, yeah. less is more. Sad. They'd sit there and look fluffy. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you do the one where he farts? Farts? Yeah, there's a little baby farts. They, I just added like, that at the oh, end. Yeah. <laughs> no, Shab did that one, I think. You know, mm. here's a... There's a scene in Cloudy 2 that Alan did that is one of my favorite shots of all time. <laughs> and it was after a really gratuitous bad fart joke. <laughs> and it cuts to Brent, and Brent goes like, like, I guess you can't see what I'm doing, but he just, he just looks down and looks sad. <laughs> sad Disappointed yeah. in the He's joke sad. that was just on screen. <laughs> yeah. 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 They let us do it. Yeah. So it, was, that was it kills me every time I see it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah he's, but it's like, I tried to make him like really, like, really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Not like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. yeah, there was there's another uh, one I thought that was really clever to do. There was a read that um, what was the name of the surfer that was one of the characters that had the Afro Robin Chattel. Robin, yeah. So he was doing a, a read, and it just sounded like a person reading a script. He was so not an actor, and he's just he's he's, he's there because he's a, an athlete that yeah, and it's controlled it. So Alan just animated gave him, him a script with, with reading a script <laughs> yeah, in the I shot, and it was totally. <laughs> And then made it <laughs> work perfectly. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you yeah. did. I just put a leaf in his hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> I didn't remember that. You could have told me that. What a great solution. Yeah, I wouldn't remember that. 
That's funny. Yeah, that's that right. That worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. and because it made it more real. It's yeah. like, this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like, I can't make this sound like he's not reading. <laughs> <laughs> if you could just do that more often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's great. I have to run. They're looking okay. for me. Super. Thanks right. so much, Al. Thank you. It's probably a good Bye. Yeah, close, close up. Well, thank you guys. You guys done too? Yeah, I think we should yeah. wrap, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so it's are we, are we finished? Yeah. Um, well, maybe I can ask just one or two more questions. Yeah, you can, okay. yeah. You're <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Oh, this, no, I actually do have to go because I'm going to run into all with him. Okay. But um, most animators have a tendency to overanimate, especially in the mm -hmm. early days, and yeah. I'm wondering what advice you guys have for um, keeping it simple, both in terms of the posing and in terms of the timing. Be lazy and be smart. <laughs> Keep it all in the eyes. <laughs> it's the same thing again, you know, it's like, always think about the motivation. Yeah. So uh, I think what people overanimate because they're not thinking about that. Mm. They're just like, if I move it around a lot, like, There's such I'll, a thing as overthinking work. it too, though. Sometimes simpler is better. It's not well, What I'm saying is if you, go, if you think about the motivation, yeah. and you know, you're honestly thinking about what that motivation is, yeah. it's going to inform you of how much they should move. Like, yeah, but, but wrestling with that with all the things you learn in, in art school, in your gesture drawing classes, and contrapposto, these little angles that all defy each other, and you then try and apply those to your rig controls, like it's standing there this way because it's leaning slightly this way, and everything's contradictory. You, you can make a rule and reason for anything, mm -hmm. thing, I think. And I think a lot of people put that much thought into sometimes their first first work. Right. And yeah. honestly, all these little things you did just brought it a little bit more off model. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Made it look a little bit more contrived. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, I, I think there, there is a balance of not, it, there is overthinking things. You can find an artificial reason for things, and not knowing what those are and aren't is hard. Tr tr striving for the elegant solution Yeah, is what you should be doing. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. That's, like, something to say. I don't mean that to be... Gosh, I'm really bashing you today. I'm sorry. No, I mean, Let me that's, have it. That's, that's, I mean, that's uh, the right answer, but can you how? explain that? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say it, and then it's another thing to find it. It's like, oh, find your own, your own voice and your own creative yeah. you know, way. Oh, my God, they could take... Well, you know, Chuck well, Jones said once um, that every animator has 100 bad drawings in them. Yeah. So really, maybe the only the only way to really do it is experience, you know. Mm -hmm. I was studying with Mark Ofstall. He was my personal mentor for about six months there, and we meet just every day on Skype. And he'd be, you know, he'd make me do these shots, and he'd be like, "There'd be three, forty frames, and the character would be just dead, not moving." And I'd move it a little bit, and he's like, "Sandra, no, keep it dead for thirty seconds." And it'd be all the way through polish, and he'd be like, "Okay, now you can move it a little." He's like, keep it still until yeah. you really feel like, okay, they're dead there now. They're really dead. Mm -hmm. Until the last second. And it was so hard to mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. And I'm like, Mark, I'm polishing the bloody thing. Are we going to keep it like this? Yeah, like I said, is, is the thing I found, I learned that as a lead, I did said the most often, like, mm. stop moving. You can't, <laughs> don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, one last question. What do you guys feel is the makings of a great shot? Oh, you know, I can answer that. Um, for me, it's when you combine mechanics and physics and acting into the same thing. Like I just saw a shot that Nathan Fitzgerald did the other day where uh, the character is a, like a teacher in a classroom, but she's also, she's kind of this touchy-feely, uh, she likes to dance around. Like, so, so the way that she dances through the scene and uh, the cadence of her steps that she takes is fully integrated into the acting. Yeah. So how she pivots over her hips, you know, that's all in a singular, it's not just like, you know, sometimes... It's like a you, symphony of a lot of instruments playing. Exactly. And, 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 and like you can do a, a walk there. cycle and then have a character talking while they're in a simple walk cycle. Yeah. But, but how do you make that, all the mechanics and physics support the acting and how can you do it in a, you know, very interesting way? And you know, that, this shot has totally done that. Mm -hmm. There's a shot in The Incredibles that uh, John Carr's did, uh, which is one you'll be able to recognize, where uh, Helen and Bob are arguing, mm -hmm. yeah. and the way he's pacing back and forth, and, and, then, and the way he tilts and pivots is all incorporated into the acting. Yeah. And that is another good example. So those, those are the kind of shots that really sing. And the gen general audience just feels it. You know, mm -hmm. like it, just, it, just, it just felt right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's another thing, like, again, not just like 
perfecting your timing and your posing to that timing to support the beats is again remembering to make some things impossible that you can only do in animation. Not that every every shot needs a reason to be animated, but I, I find the greatest shots the ones I get most excited about are the ones I have no idea how they did that. Yeah. Like that that, that thing like it felt right and it was fun, but it's it just seems impossible. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm, I guess we all need to get back to work. I really yes. appreciate you guys taking the time. Thanks so much. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you.